Lynette White. Hi, I'm Dr. Renee Bryant. And we are your hosts for the Ed Branding Podcast. Which is all about amplifying connections, voices, and stories in education. If you haven't already, follow the Ed Branding Podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you know when our episodes drop. And if you haven't done so yet, please go to YouTube and like and subscribe uh, the Ed Branding Channel. And on this episode of the Ed Branding Podcast, we will be speaking to Dr. Lena Bakshi McLean. Lena is the Executive Director of STEM for Real. She helps educational leaders craft anti-racist and justice-centered professional development in science, mathematics, and STEM leadership. She also serves as the Director of Multiculturalism and Equity in Science Education at the National Science Teaching Association, Part-Time STEM, Methods, Academic Instructor for Claremont Graduate University, Science Hawaii Membership Director, Keynote Speaker, Author, and Podcast Host. We are so excited to get the opportunity to speak with Lena today. Ah, we're so excited to have you here with us, Dr. Lena Bakshi McLean. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting you a while ago. It was our first AUHSD Teach Effects event at AUHSD after the pandemic. And it's like seared into my brain because I remember it very vividly. It was the first in-person meeting we had hosted at AUHSD after the pandemic. So I'm so excited to connect with you again. For those people who have not had the pleasure of meeting with you, please introduce yourself to the Ed Branding Podcast audience. Yes, awesome. And I remember it so vividly as well. It was my first post-pandemic networking. And I thought, okay, don't drop your croissant on people, Lena. Learn how to handshake, learn how to people. So it was it was definitely a learning curve. And thank you so much for having me. My name is, yes, you said it perfectly, Dr. Lena Bakshi-McLean. And I go by Lena just for everyone. And I am uh, an educator at heart, always and will be, as I'm, I'm sure you all know. I am the founder of STEM for Real, where we are on a mission to provide teacher training, administrator training, looking at STEM and justice. So being able to look at the principles of STEM content standards and literacy and leadership through a justice-centered and equity-centered lens. And I actually got this idea because as a, as a teacher and, and then as an administrator, I found myself going into professional learning and I would go into all the NGSS trainings and all the content trainings and we'd have all this math and science PD. And then in this other room, there was let's focus on equity and let's let's talk about uh, justice-centered pedagogy and this. And I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Some of you need to be in this room and then some of you need to be in this room. Can we can we break the walls a little bit and do both at the same time? And and that's how STEM for Real was born. What a great concept. I love that. The whole time that she's speaking, Renee, I'm like thinking Nyree, Nyree, Nyree in my head. <laughs> I don't know if you know Dr. Nyree Clark, but I so have to connect you guys because I think you guys will totally vibe off of each other. Um, 
and I so feel welcome. Like I know her already. Okay, she's my Twitter <laughs> sister. I, I don't know if she knows that, but <laughs> I love it. I love it. So welcome to our podcast, and I have to say thank you for reaching out and uh, DMing me on Twitter to be on the podcast. We so appreciate that. It was awesome of you. We were like, yeah, sure. We would love to have you on. So for anybody out there, our DMs are always open. Please reach out to us if you'd like to be on the podcast. Um, And so with that said, we're going to get started with the same question I ask everyone to break the ice, kind of. Uh, Renee's brand is connection. My brand is tell your story in one word or short phrase. What would you say your brand is and why? And I I guess uh, it goes back to that one word of, of justice. I think about uh, liberatory education and justice and having that be my beacon for the work that I do. And when I think about the idea of connection and when I think about the idea of branding, I want to know there's my personal brand and then there's our STEM for real brand. I can't separate it. This is who I am. And especially because it's something that I founded, this is my heart and soul that is that is in our branding. And so when I connect with potential partners, when I'm connecting with our current partners, our teachers and, and everything, I always want to think about what, what, what message are they walking away with? And when you say your brand is connection, Renee, that's perfect because in our framework, our framework is connect create, cultivate. Because if we're not connecting, if we're not establishing that connection with our our students, with our teachers, with our faculty, then who says if you cannot teach, if you cannot reach them, you cannot teach them. And that is exactly how we, we operate with the work that we do and how we want to show ourselves to the world. And so is that what you would say your brand is? Oh, absolutely. And Lynette, let me tell you, when I'm thinking about my my brand, so I, I think there's a bit of bravery that comes with that. And, and and that's because not everyone is going to want to align with your brand. And so I remember I had an email once that said, please don't hire us. And Im- immediately my mom called me and said, Lena, I just, you know, that's not really good for business. What are you doing? And, and I said, it's, it's actually, it's actually great because what, what we are very much aligned with the schools and districts that recognize that there is systemic ra- racism inherent in our system. There is, um, there are bias issues. There is implicit bias and, the best part about working with the clients that we attract to our brand are the ones that say, Lena, we want to do better. We want to be better. And how can we dismantle these systems that are causing these inequities and do something about this work together? Well, uh, I love that. And I think Lynette and I were just talking about that this morning <laughs> on the way to work without mentioning any districts. There was a district that kicked Tony Thurman out of their board <laughs> meeting. So we would just talk say about it. <laughs> not a district that we would we would send the same email like, thank you, but no, thank you. Right. Uh, we are not aligned. 
We won't mention any names. We'll just leave it there. Uh, so that brings me uh, to the next question, which uh, we know that bias and racism exists in science and technology. I love that your approach is a systems approach and not a siloed approach, like you said in your introduction. So please uh, tell us how you specifically integrate anti-racist and social justice education into science education. Yeah, absolutely. When I was an administrator, I did so many professional developments with the teachers and especially at the county office level, uh, we had the opportunity to work with districts and I'd go into schools, go into districts. And sometimes we would host these one-off PDs and they would be great. There'd be great PDs and and I organized everything and, and whatnot. And then that was it. So, so what happened? Did you use the resources? Did you use the strategies? What happened next? And I felt like these PDs that we were leading were kind of just big cliffhangers. Like, all right, well, let me know. Take care. And that, you know, just with the research and everything that I saw out there, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to create a system that allowed for teacher training and ongoing teacher training. And especially because teachers have so much on their plates, we don't have all that, especially with districts, we don't have time for those long workshops and uh, and everything in between. We want to know how can our team meet our teachers where they're at? And that's where our one-on-one ongoing coaching comes in, where we wanna, you know, if we're talking to them on their, on the phone, on the drive home, are we catching them, you know, in, in their morning commute? How do we get to our teachers to give them that tailored coaching? And that's where we came with that, that again, that system-wide approach. And then when we think about our justice-centered education, uh, I heard, I think it was, it was Nyree Clark that mentioned the social justice standards. And so we actually use the social justice standards as well. So our framework is standard, hook, society. So we have the standards. We know, especially as teachers and as as administrators, you have to have the standards, especially because that's what's being tested. And now what's the hook? What's that hook going to be to bring your students in and bring them into into the instruction? So we've got that engagement, of course, completely aligned to engagement for UDL. And then finally, we have the society, the SHS. So what is the connection to society? What are some social injustices that you see in society? How can we bring in concepts of youth action and put it all together? So with that SHS, we're able to actively connect to social justice. And now, and I also want to add, there are some districts when you hear the word social justice, it's like, ah, we don't really do that, Lena. That's not our thing. And when you look at the social justice standards, one of them is, you know, I'm I'm aware that everyone should have access to resources and resource availability. And I recognize that some groups aren't able to have that access. What is wrong with that? What I don't see the issue. If in fact, if anything, I always tell leaders that's a framework for social emotional learning right there where we can build in that empathy into our lessons and into our framing. Uh, thank you. I just want to say thank you. That's important work. And I want to also thank you. There's so much research about 
ongoing professional learning for teachers. We cannot do one and dones. It is a disservice to teachers. It's a disservice to our scholars. And the best way to do professional learning is it must be ongoing and have the coaching element like you talked about. So congratulations on that. And thank you for that work. Yes, I totally agree. So to pivot a little bit, you know, I'm the social media queen. Well, I don't know. Renee's a queen too. We're queens, right? All of us. So social media queens. Um, How are you currently using social media to amplify your brand and goal for integrating anti-racist and social justice education into science education? Social media has been this very interesting beast because when when it first started, it used to be this thing where it's like, hey, friends, look, I'm at a party here. Now I'm at a party here. Hey. And to now think that it has grown into this huge, huge communications giant of being able to connect with so many people in the world. I think that was a big shift for me as an individual. Like, wow, I want to make sure I delete some of my college photos and really think about my my overall branding here. And, And yeah, so when I think about social media, I just think about it as a way to communicate with more than one person. And so many people, when they meet me, they're like, you're just like this in, in online as you are in real life. And I'm like, I don't know how else to be. So this is me and this is who I am. And I want to be able to capture that. And so if it's through through reels, through lives, through videos, anything that I can do to capture my energy, because I'm definitely an in-person person. So it was really difficult to kind of be in this box and and convey the work and the passion of what we are doing, what we want to do. And that's, um, and that's kind of the basis for our social media is being able to leverage the work that our teachers are doing in STEM for real. I always say it's, it's a not so humble brag when I'm bragging about the work that our teachers are doing, the work that our principals and our leaders are doing, how they're breaking barriers. And, and I think that if I can use social media to amplify the work of our teachers and our administrators, then that is what I'm doing to amplify our brand. And I don't even think about it as amplifying our brand. I think about it as look at these awesome teachers and look at how students are doing. This is exactly what we want to do. Yeah, you're telling the story, telling the story. Mm-hmm. I, it's all about the humble brag. I just presented to our staff in Banning yesterday, and it was like, Talk about what you do. It's okay. It's okay to have that humble brag. Because in the end of the day, it's really not about you. It's about what we're doing to support our students. So I love that. I love your answer. (laughs) (laughs) A plus, right, Lynette? All right. So in kind of scouring, right, doing that thing that we do when we before we interview people, um, I noticed like I noticed the pin tweets. Right. And so yours specifically asked on Twitter, how many teachers of color are on your teams? How many educators of color are on your curriculum writing and leadership teams? How are ideas heard, validated and uplifted? How are they shut down? How are they supported? So you're an expert. So help our audience to build their capacity a little bit. I know in just a short amount of time, but what are your suggestions, book recommendations, and or best practices that you've witnessed in organizations to increase the number of educators of color, as well as amplify their voices and stories? 
Yes. And, and I'm, I'm already like hearing you say I'm an expert. I'm like, really? Am I? Wow. You know, I always, I, I feel like I'm surrounded by experts in you all. So I'm, I'm going to own it, Renee. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I think when it comes to this pin tweet, I always think, where did that come from? You know, I, I should be putting my podcast out there. I should pinning, I should be pinning something else. And I, I wrote this tweet one day because I was just thinking about my own experience as a teacher and then as a, um, as, as a researcher and then moving into administration, I felt like the spaces that I was in there, I, I was the token. I was the token woman or the token person of color. And the spaces were not diverse at all. And I didn't realize it. It was kind of just, I, I've always been taught, you know, assimilate, assimilate. I, I don't speak any of my Indian languages because I had to speak the best English that was out there in order to assimilate. And that was kind of in, in my upbringing, unfortunately. And so when I, and, and that's all, it's a survival mechanism, right? So when I go, when I was in administration and I'd go into, especially science administration, I'd go in and I was the only person of color and I did not know what to do with that. I was very me I was very quiet <laughs> it would be hard to hard to admit to that or hard to believe so that's why I pose to others how many teachers of colors are are on your team how many educators and who's doing the writing and I want to give an example I know we've talked a little bit touched a little bit on California so let's go all the way to Florida right there's always something uh, a little icky that's happening do we have to <laughs> I know. And it's, and it's the perfect icky example of why I pose this as my pin tweet all the time. So they just approved this heinous, heinous, uh, these heinous academic standards that put slavery and benefit in the same sentence. And of course, so I'm going to do some digging. I'm like, all right, if the board approved this unanimously, who was the board? Well, here we're looking at about six out of the seven are white faces. And then on top of that, they said that there was a working group of 13 members and I didn't have my CSI skills, didn't go that deep. But I'd be curious to know who are those 13 members and where are they getting this uh, not so correct data to come up with an actual state standard to teach our babies? to teach our children. And that is why if we're going to be talking about looking at equity, looking at social justice, looking at educational systems, we have to have a diverse committee. Now, I do want to say that white supremacy runs deep, so it's not always skin color. You know, you could have a team of people of color that are still doing the same thing too. So I do want to honor that. However, representation matters. You have to be able to go in and say that this group of people, these groups of educators are representative of the students that populate our schools. And so many times I'm seeing it more and more. I see all these panels of white educators talking about equity, another panel of educators, another panel of authors talking about racism and anti-racism and equity. That's beautiful. and. How are you leveraging the voices of color as experts as well 
in the field so that it just doesn't turn into a, I'm going to make money off of the pain of black and brown folks. Thank you. So, yeah, I love, I love everything that you had to say. Um, but I do want to circle back because uh, Renee did ask for some book recommendations. Do yes. you have any book recommendations or best practices? Because I think that would be really important for our audience. Yes, I just stared at my books. Like I, told yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just let passion take over. And <laughs> oh, it was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so um, another part of of diversification is looking at authors of color as well, and looking at our syllabi and seeing how we can again get these experts of color to weigh in. And so one of my favorites, Dr. Bettina Love, We Need to Do More Than Survive. I recommend it, especially as a science educator, I recommend all my pre-service teachers to read this book just as a blueprint for um, how we're moving our education systems from surviving to thriving. And then, um, of course, my sister Zaretta Hammond, we've got um, Culturally Responsive Teaching and the Brain. And the reason I bring up her book as well is because many science and mathematics educators think that that's that's all great. And that's for the social studies people, Lena. Thank you. And and oh, no, no, I want our physics teachers. I want our chemistry teachers. I want our calculus teachers to really look at this work and how we are making it relevant and real for the students because of the the pipeline that we want to create. It's obviously very broken. And, and even when we talk, going back to the idea of branding, so many people say, sorry, Lena, our district just isn't focused on STEM right now. Thank you though, and, and keep up the good work, at a girl. And then I think, wow, so is your brand I'm gonna teach to the test? Or is your brand going to be, I'm not a STEM district? And, and how do you, how do you wear that? So uh, another book coming soon, actually, is uh, one that, that I'm writing on looking at culturally responsive teaching, equity and social justice in the STEM spaces in particular. So ensuring that we're not just having these conversations in humanities, that our scientists and our engineers have to be able to face issues of racism and implicit bias as well. Love it, love it, love it. So thank you so much for your time. I mean, we always say you get little nuggets of information, but I think uh, as Renee likes to say, this was probably a masterclass for some people. Um, I know I learned a lot. And so I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I just looked, I wrote this down when I, when you okay. were talking about social media and that is, you know, what do we do with social media? Like, what is this space that is this Mark Zuckerberg's internet? Like what is going on here? And I want people to walk away with this idea of branding. That is, if we don't take up these spaces, who will? And so whatever, whatever brand that you do have and that you do bring, I think we collectively must amplify and amplify each other's go at it, get, get on those hashtags, those tweets, because we want to be able to say that this is the work that we're doing and this is how we're doing it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank Thank you you for having me. Lynette, wow, I'm super, super just uh, hyped on this episode, so excited. And I really am just thinking about what she said at the end. 
if we don't take up the space, uh, who will? And I think that is a call to action for people, that it's not just about, as she said, you know, putting this picture of this outfit or this place or this event, but this idea of on, Mar uh, on Zuckerberg's, you know, internet or whoever we want to say, whatever white tall man we want to say, right? You know, their internet, that uh, we are taking up space as women, of people of color, uh, that we are holding space uh, for progressive education, that sort of thing. So um, I'm going to be thinking about that a lot. I may actually ask you if we can put that as a little quote in the margins of our book, because I think that quote was really important. What about you, Lynette? How did this land on you? Super timely to have such a great conversation. It's, again, one of those episodes where, you know, you think where it's you think you know where it's going to go and then it goes somewhere totally even more special. Um, the taking up space comment is like my motto to life these days. I've said it a few times where I am, uh, you know, like Adam said, if the doors open a little bit, it's open, kick it open. I'm kicking doors open. I'm taking up space because I want people to see my face <laughs> and see me as, you know, the woman, person of color, uh, just person that I am taking up space and making my voice heard and amplifying the voices of others. So I love it. Just great episode. She had awesome energy. Love her. All right. And if you haven't already, please uh, download, listen to all that good stuff are the Ed Branding Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And you can watch it on YouTube as well at the YouTube, uh, the Ed Branding Podcast YouTube channel. And it's very exciting, lots of, we recorded what, like 20 episodes already, Lynette. So we have lots of exciting guests. And Lynette, one more time, what is this exciting venture that you're on? <laughs> so this exciting venture that I'm on is Connected. It's a wonderful partnership that I formed with Robert Lopez, Chris Gokey, Brianna Benavides. Uh, that's the team behind Edlink. Uh, they put on wonderful conferences for CalSA, CLSBA. And the whole purpose of Get Connected is so that we can help you proactively tell your story, um, amplify your district's voice, uh, build stronger community partnerships, and just create unity from the site to the district. So if you need help getting your district story out there, the connected link will be in the show notes and we would be more than happy to help you. Yay. And then we have a book coming out in time. Uh, Ed Branding, blah, blah. Right dot, around dot, the corner. <laughs> right yeah, around Ed Branding, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> All right, until next time. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>